I'm Dr. Heather Monthy from the About the Tea and STEM podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Hey, Leaders of Learning. If you're new to this show and you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. I love having you here. If you're a loyal listener to the show, welcome back. As you know, I like to talk about some very different topics in each episode of this show, some pressing issues in education. In this episode, I have a very different kind of issue. And in full disclosure, to be honest, at first, and I mentioned this throughout the interview and later in the episode, I wasn't necessarily sure whether this was an episode that I wanted to tackle. It's a deep, heavy topic. The topic deals with abusive and unhealthy relationships. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this show is about empowering and aspiring education leaders, no matter what your role is, no matter what title you have. And so, although it's a deep and heavy topic, I really thought that it would be worthwhile exploring. In this episode, I spoke with Ashley Bendixson, who is a national speaker, an award-winning activist, advocating for preventing domestic violence and unhealthy relationships and abusive relationships. And what I think is so crucial for discussing this topic as educational leaders is that there are steps that we can take no matter what the level of education we're at, whether it's elementary, middle school, or high school, there are certain actions that we should be taking as educators to better inform and educate our students and certainly be more proactive and preventative when it comes to abuse and unhealthy relationships. So please keep in mind that this is a a bit of a heavy episode, but without further ado, here is my interview with Ashley. My guest in this episode is Ashley Bendixson, and we are going to be talking about a heavy but necessary topic and, and a topic that I think really, quite honestly, should probably get a little bit more play in the education space, regardless of what level you're at. I'm sure, Ashley, you would agree. But before we get there, please, if you could introduce yourself for the listeners. Sure. So thank you first and foremost for having you on, on your having me on your show. I'm definitely excited to have this conversation with you and to hopefully help your audience. But as mentioned, my name is Ashley Bendixson and I am a full-time speaker in the youth market and my specialization is in essentially teen dating violence prevention, which kind of goes hand in hand with personal leadership development, bystander intervention skills. And really kind of focusing on the intersection between something like uh, someone's personal and social life and how that impacts their academic success and their other um, pathways to succeed. Like I said, I think this is a very important topic. It's probably one that gets shied away from quite a bit. Uh, you could shed more light on that in a second. I, I'm going to be honest. I I struggled with whether or not I, I wanted to do a show like this. And, and the more I thought about it, I said, you know, I have this platform. You have this platform, you know, and, and I think it's really important. You know, the show is called Leader of Learning. And I tell everybody every week on the show, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning. And so 
I want educators because that's really my target audience. I want them to understand um, what this topic really is all about, what it means to uh, the students that we that we work with, how it affects people, and really what they can do, regardless of what role they're in, to be able to help. Uh, so I know you're going to help us out with all of that. Let's back way up, though, first, and getting only as personal, of course, as you want to get. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get into this? I- I'm guessing there's something there that... Uh, that really kind of drew you to this this line of work and, and, and why you're so passionate about it? Absolutely. So for me, starting from a very young age, from middle school, on, well, probably even elementary school, but middle school onward, I struggled with a lot of um, self-esteem issues and just a lot of, um, I lacked a lot of personal leadership and I was bullied and I uh, faced a lot of issues from my classmates. But when I got into high school, I ended up uh, being sexually assaulted uh, my freshman year of high school. And that experience kind of introduced me to love and dating in a really unhealthy way. And I um, ended up falling into this repeat uh, pattern of unhealthy dating relationships all the way up through college. And so much so that because I was experiencing these things, I experienced severe depression, eating disorders, failing grades, substance abuse at a young age. And even up in college, I was in such a devastating relationship that I was forced to drop out of school at the time. So when I was finally able to leave that individual and and really kind of just hit rock bottom and, and make the decision to turn my life around, I was so inspired to do something about it because I, I saw how much of my life and myself and, and the opportunities I had I had thrown away because of unhealthy relationships. And I really wanted to understand the root cause of it and why I made the choices I did and what could have helped along the way. And now today I realize how many young people are going through the exact same thing that I went through. And I just feel compelled to do something to protect them from all of the consequences that I face. Wow. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing that uh, and, and being vulnerable. And, and I'm sure you shared it uh, with hundreds, if not thousands of people when you when you speak. But I, I really appreciate that. And, and I think, of course, it helps kind of frame the, the topic and, and, of course, why it's so personal to you, but why it's so important that this message is spread and, and people get educated on on the issue. So um, you mentioned kind of numbers a little bit. What are the what are the stats like? Why why is this so important? Why has this become such an issue in, in schools and in general? Yeah, you know, it's almost hard to believe, but statistically, the number has always been roughly one in three to one in four young people are experiencing some type of abusive relationship. So that could range from uh, physical abuse to sexual abuse to verbal, psychological, and emotional abuse, which is, you know, involves a lot of manipulation and control and, you know, monitoring what you do and trying to dictate who your friends are or what you're involved with at school. Um, And the number continues to grow with more students now self-identifying as experiencing unhealthy relationships because most of the time, most people think about, you know, domestic violence, dating violence as just a physical issue. But now with the introduction of technology in young people's lives and just uh, less boundaries in relationships, um, there's a lot of unhealthy, toxic behaviors going back and forth. So the numbers are incredibly high, and that's that goes for same-sex relationships, um, you know, LGBTQ relationships, uh, you know, heterosexual relationships. All teens are are feeling this, and 
to add to that, even for a teen who may not be experiencing an unhealthy dating relationship themselves, uh, there's a good chance that they know someone or are friends with someone that's going through this. So it's definitely an issue that's impacting all teens today. And, you know, we also know that statistically, those between the ages of 14 and 24 are the highest impacted uh, more than any other demographic for interpersonal and, and intimate partner violence. Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you brought up the piece about that if it's not affecting you directly, that it may be because it's affecting someone you know, or someone that you're close to. Uh, I think I shared this with you when we spoke a little while back that, and I knew someone in high school who was in a a very unhealthy relationship. And it certainly affected her quite a bit at the time. And although I haven't necessarily kept in touch with her uh, as as closely as I would have liked over the years since, uh, I would imagine that it probably affected her later on in life as well. I So here's, the, okay, here's what I'm wondering. My audience consists of educators and probably educators from from all different levels. You just mentioned sort of that that target age group that that has it the worst, let's say. Um, I'm wondering if you can just kind of give us an overview of, you know, whether it's teen dating, abuse, unhealthy relationships. Um, what I guess what should we as educators be looking for or doing about it? And if you could break it down by maybe like age brackets or, or levels, elementary, middle school, high school. Sure. So, you know, interestingly, teachers spend so much time with students and I think it puts them in a really unique position to at least be a set of eyes to maybe recognize when the student is struggling. There's a lot of warning signs and red flags that we either um, fail to notice, or perhaps we chalk it up to something else. Uh, you know, for example, for me, my grades suddenly were dropping. Um, and often, you know, a teacher won't think to ask, well, is there something else that's going on? Uh, or I was skipping school more often, or I was coming into school late. So sometimes those things that seem really academic and school-based can actually be stemmed from something like an unhealthy relationship. So, you know, teachers, educators, people in a school environment are seeing students on a daily basis and spending a lot of time with them. And sometimes, for some students, they'll feel more comfortable talking to, let's say, a teacher than their parents or someone at the home. So teachers definitely play a key role. As far as, you know, really breaking this issue down by different age brackets, um, you know, really we should be talking about this issue, you know, on its face, middle school level and up. Uh, We know that young people are are dating, you know, as, as young as 11 years old. I recently read some study that three out of four seventh graders said that they were dating. So, you know, they're dating very young. But as far as taking it even younger than that, um, you know, elementary school is really where we just teach kind of the fundamentals of healthy relationships in general, Um, setting boundaries, you know, asking permission to give someone a hug or just teaching personal leaderships and being able to say no if something makes you uncomfortable or even just being comfortable talking to an adult if if something makes you feel bad. So I think that's a way that at the elementary level, we can really start to teach personal leadership skills, because I think when someone is empowered and has a strong sense of resilience and personal leadership, that can prevent a lot of these relationships from happening down the road and some of these poor choices from being made. Middle schoolers, I think we start talking about safe dating. Uh, you know, if we can lay a foundation at a young age for a middle schooler to understand a healthy relationship, that's going to drastically reduce the unhealthy relationships that they experience as high schoolers and college students. And then high school, I hate to say it, it's almost like we're, 
you know, past the point of doing much where now we're kind of just hoping to respond to students that are experiencing unhealthy dating relationships. So if I had to really just kind of simplify it for the sake of time, I think my recommendation is always that if a teacher has a hunch that anything is going wrong in a student's life, just to simply ask. And they certainly don't have to be an expert on these issues, but knowing that if they have a hunch, they should speak up, ask if a student needs any help or ask if they're okay, and then refer them to guidance or a school social worker because those people can then provide the resources that they need. I know for me, I had one teacher that one day asked me, Ashley, is everything okay? And of course, I you know just brushed it off. I said, yeah, everything's fine. But I'll never forget that he asked. And I think if more teachers and adults in my life would have just asked me if I was okay, I might have actually sought help versus trying to just hide it and really struggle with it myself. All right. So that's that's pretty powerful there. I got to I got to like draw attention to that. So I'm going to speak directly to my my audience, my listeners right now and say that, look, you are a leader of learning. And I think uh, certainly what Ashley just said is, is extremely powerful. You know, we have these positions as educators, whether it's a classroom teacher, uh, whether it's a, a teaching assistant, a para professional, a, anybody, an administrator, of course, guidance counselor. You know, we have responsibilities to students to get to know them as closely as we can on a personal level, build those relationships to the point where not only do we know the student well, but we feel comfortable as the adult to to ask. And, and, you know, I'm really glad that you said that, that you unfortunately maybe said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Thank you. You know, I don't, I don't need help basically was, was your answer and paraphrasing a little bit, but, uh, but that you appreciated later on that the teacher at least asked how you were doing. And so at the very least, what I'm asking of my listeners is to do just that, just reach out and, and ask a student, how are you? How are you doing? Are you okay? The Leader of Learning Podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning Podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. I might be a little naive here, but I, I have to think that we are in a, a good, we're, we're at a, a good point, historically speaking, in the sense that uh, in society, we've heard a lot about the Me Too movement and the, um, along with that, it's been like, uh, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? Me Too. And there was, I don't know, there, there's a there was something there's else. Like, time's up. It'll and, come to yeah. me. Time's up. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, And then in schools, definitely a lot more attention being paid to SEL or social emotional learning. And I I certainly think that these two things go hand in hand. And so, again, that's that's one of the reasons why I thought that this would be a timely episode and an important episode to put out there. All right. Sticking with that point then about, you know, sort of reaching out uh, to, to help a student, how, I guess, might teachers go about recognizing that a student might be at risk? Um, are there, are, is there advice that you can offer to help educators make that effort? Reach out, ask, how are you doing? You know, what, what can they do? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of common warning signs. I mean, a teacher might actually see it right in front of them where 
you know, boyfriend and girlfriend are, are at a locker or somebody's always showing up outside the classroom. And, you know, they, like you, you can notice when a student, their personal relationships have changed, their social relationships have changed. Maybe they dropped out of a club. Um, so like I said, I think it's just paying attention to those changes in a student, particularly when they suddenly are in a relationship. Um, and just other quick thing to point out too, like elementary school, a lot of times they're experiencing this stuff at home. So maybe it's their parents or like older siblings too. So, you know, even that isn't something to disregard. They could be seeing this, you know, when they're not at school, but looking for those little warning signs. And I think in the simplest way possible, just going up to a student and saying, is everything okay? I've noticed that, you know, this has been different or your grades are dropping. Is it okay if I, you know, walk with you to guidance? Uh, you know, you don't have to try to ask them about their relationship. Certainly don't try to talk to the other individual if they're also a student. I think just keep it simple. Just, you know, approach them the same way you would approach uh, a student about any other issue. You know, how can I help you? How can I provide you resources? I'm concerned about you. You can't force a student to get help, but I think just putting those messages out there is the best that a teacher can do. That's awesome. I really appreciate that advice. Um, what about advice for the teacher who has a student reach out to them and the student takes the initiative? What, what would you say the educator should do in that in that scenario? Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. I think a teacher should take that responsibility and be be uh, be someone who will patiently listen. You know, it's not about trying to provide advice. It's not about trying to instruct them on what they should do or what their options are, but just listening to them, asking how I can help you, and again, referring them to social work, a social worker, or guidance. Every school is different. Um, some schools, you know, have policies and protocols to follow when disclosures are made. But, you know, just know that I think the best thing you can do is provide that student, you know, put them in the direction of somebody who has training in this specific field because they can then help with safety planning, breaking up. You know, a lot of students try to do this on their own. And I've worked with a lot of students where, you know, breaking up with somebody is not as easy as, OK, we're ending the relationship now suddenly now the individual is, is retaliating and it gets even worse for that student and it adds even more stress. So I think just referring them to someone who is skilled in this area is the best thing. Yeah, great advice again. And and I want to uh, uh, also take this opportunity to address the listeners. If you're an educator, and I don't think it depends on where you live, you do have a responsibility if you believe a student is in trouble uh, and is being abused, regardless of who is doing the abusing, uh, you do have a responsibility to call uh, child services or social services um, as a mandated reporter. And and I appreciate your advice about trying to seek the help of a more qualified professional. Like I, I have to assume that most educators would probably go to a guidance counselor or an administrator. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that's not a bad thing, but also don't be surprised if at the end of the day that guidance counselor or administrator turns back to you as a teacher and says, you need to make that call. So my advice to educators who are listening to this is educate yourself on what the laws are and what the rules are pertaining to what to do if a student reaches out to you, reports something, or even if you just have suspicion about something, uh, because chances are you might have to make that call. And you know, I've never had to do it. I'm knocking on wood right now. I've never had to make that call. I've had a couple of 
sticky situations, uh, but nothing that has gotten me to the point as an educator where I've had to. Um, I do know that other people have, and you got to face that fear of what could happen to that student. But again, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing it to protect them. Would you agree? Absolutely. And, you know, it's really hard to to believe it or to want to believe it. But I speak year round in high schools. And every time I speak, students come up to me at the end and they share, you know, horror stories. I mean, some of them are going through just horrendous abuse and some of it is severely physical. And, you know, we they do such a good job of hiding this stuff. So I think never discount even the slightest little hunch you have because this stuff is devastating to them behind closed doors. And these are things that can impact their their academic futures, but really their whole lives. So it really is important just to take that step. And, and then my final piece of advice, I think, uh, to educators, regardless of what role you're in, is to, again, educate yourself, but this time about what your school or your district is doing to educate students and staff about what to do in these situations, how to address it, of course, how to prevent it. And that's regardless of of age level and grade level. You know, I have a, a third grader and, and you were talking before about what to do even at the elementary level. And, and I believe it's the same thing with sexual education in general, that it, it should start at the elementary level. Of course, not like the birds and the bees, but <laughs> stuff about safe, safe relationships and healthy relationships. And, uh, you, you know, uh, like you said, asking permission to touch someone, hug someone. Uh, there's lots you can do. So in general, l- l- I guess let's wrap it up with this. How can, when you're speaking and when you're uh, maybe talking to educators or other people about being more proactive, what can specifically schools, what can schools do to create safer cultures and just help with this issue? Yeah, I think schools, as as difficult as it can be, should try to prioritize some type of prevention, education, programming. And one of the most effective um, strategies and methods right now is focusing on bystander intervention skills. So that's getting, you know, the two out of three that are not victims to be empowered uh, positive bystanders where they will offer help to a friend, where they'll hold their, their friends accountable for better behavior, because a lot of times you'll see your friend perpetrating some of these abusive behaviors. So I think that's how we can really shift school culture is by focusing on all of the students to create this atmosphere of zero tolerance um, so that they're not accepting these types of relationships around them. And then it encourages other students who are experiencing harm to feel a little bit more confident and comfortable speaking up because they know that their school won't tolerate that type of stuff. So uh, I think focusing on implementing programs, bringing in speakers, and, and you know, even if it's just teachers implementing some little uh, in-classroom activities too, just to talk about this stuff can be incredibly impactful. I knew this was going to be a really great conversation, so I want to thank you for, for giving me your time. I think there's probably a lot more that we could talk about, and maybe we will at some point, but um, it's, a, it's a lot, I think, for it now. Is. And so we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. I, I really appreciate all the information, all the advice. Like I said, I was hesitant at first about whether or not I wanted to tackle this issue, but I do think it's so important, and that's why I went for it. Before you go, if any of my listeners are looking for more information, they have questions, um, where do they go? How do they connect with you? And, and where else could they maybe find some more information about how to help in, in regards to 
this issue and healthy relationships and abusive relationships? Sure. And quickly, before I say that, I just want to add one very little nugget. So when I was in a really unhealthy relationship in college, I had a really, really low GPA. I was failing all of my classes. Years later, when I went back, I was able to graduate as valedictorian. So that right there is a perfect example of the power of making sure students have personal leadership and aren't putting toxic relationships into their lives. So this has a direct impact on academics, too. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with me or learn more, my website is ashleybendixon.com. And I also have a page with resources for educators, just ashleybendixon.com forward slash teachers. And there's a great free ebook on there that further explains what this is, the warning signs, communication techniques, and there's even some in-classroom activities and discussion prompts there as well. So just check me out at ashleybendixon.com forward slash teachers. And of course, I'd be happy to come into anyone's school and give a presentation or a school assembly to the students. I would love that. All right. Great. And, you know, I said before that uh, I really appreciated your vulnerability and, and opening up the way you did. But I'm going to say that this time, congratulations, because I won't say uh, you overcame your situation, uh, but I, I will say congratulations for not only coping with it, uh, but for turning it into a positive in the sense that now you are helping to educate the next generation of uh, students and, and people in pursuing those healthy relationships and, and trying to uh, trying to right the ship a little bit in terms of where we can go from here and, and how we can, I guess, uh, spread that more, that, that love and that, that social emotional learning that we all talk about so much. Oh, thank you so much. I think we're really at a time for change. It's been my pleasure to be here and, and continue that on your show. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, Dan. Thanks again, Ashley, for giving me that time and coming on and really enlightening me and hopefully you guys as listeners to the warning signs, the symptoms, and of course, the preventative measures that we all may be able to be a part of at our schools and in our realm of education. A lot was said throughout the episode, and I just want to provide one more opportunity to offer advice and say, if anyone listening to this wants to learn more about how to get involved, certainly reach out to Ashley. If anyone listening to this is in need of help, I know you can reach out to Ashley, you can reach out to me, but find someone, find a staff member, an administrator, another student, someone who can help in the immediacy. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode because, like I said, this is a bit of a different topic than the other ones that I've tackled here on the show before. Reach out to me by email or on social media and tell me what you thought. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, Please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Boxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a leader of learning.